Welcome to West Church. We're so thankful you've joined us today. Whether you're joining us in person or virtually, we're excited to come together to praise, worship, and receive God's glory. If this is your first time with us, we'd like to give you a very special welcome. If you're returning, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Now, let's prepare to be inspired and encouraged as we enter into worship. In my household, the Shoemaker household, uh, uh, Christmas is kind of a serious affair, all right? So just before I left for vacation, the weekend after Thanksgiving, I took the Christmas decoration boxes out of the attic, all six or eight of them. And when we were walking our dog uh, during the Thanksgiving week, and we were outside and we were in the woods in different places. We were carrying bags and clippers because we're clipping pieces of branches and pine and hemlock and cedar and red berries and, uh, and just gathering all this stuff. And then Donna makes decorations out of all of these things. And, and now the house is decorated and everything is ready for people to come. And our, our new tradition coming into, since we've come up here in Peabody, is that the whole family comes. So we're having seven people coming rolling in by the end of the weekend there. And maybe I'll get to show off my newest granddaughter to you on uh, Christmas Eve. We'll see about that. She's agreeable to that. She's five months old. So for us um, in our household, Christmas is something that we spend a good deal of time getting ready for. And there's a lot of preparation that goes into our home and into the week uh, for our final Christmas celebration as a family. And when we read together the biography of Jesus called The Gospel of John, which Josh and Haley, uh, Haley read for us, we find that John the writer is speaking about getting the world ready for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. As an older man, John, who was a disciple of Jesus, wrote a biography which we know as the Gospel of John. And that biography of John is very different from the other three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John emphasizes the glory of Jesus coming and doesn't talk as much about the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and the manger and all of those details. John starts his biography of Jesus by telling us that Jesus is God and Jesus is life and Jesus is light. And we, we talked about that last week. But here in verses 6 through 8, he talks about how God prepared the world for the coming of Jesus through a prophet named John the Baptist. John the Apostle introduces us to a man who is also named John, so it can get a little confusing, but he's called, I'm going to call him John the Baptist so we can tell the two apart. And John the Baptist was somehow uh, related by blood to Jesus. Uh, he was born to a couple by the name of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was an older woman than Mary, the mother of Jesus. But Jesus' mother and Elizabeth were somehow related. 
And John the Baptist was born before Jesus. He, he, was born, he was conceived and born earlier. And John grew up to be a prophet, and he preached throughout Israel in the wilderness in preparing Israel, helping them get ready for the coming of Jesus. You with me so far? Good. Okay. So just like the shoemaker house gets ready for Christmas by decorating our home, God prepared the world for the ministry of Jesus through a prophet named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, as it were, decorated the house of Israel for the coming of Jesus. The Gospel of John, written by John the Apostle, tells us that in order to get ready for Jesus and the coming of Jesus, God sent John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was a prophet. The New Testament tells us that John the Baptist preached in the wilderness outside of the city of Jerusalem a lot. And John did not preach in the city. He preached in the wilderness and people came out of the city and from regions surrounding to hear John by the droves and were captivated by his message. And after, if somebody responded favorably to John's message, then he would baptize them in water. That's why he's called John the Baptist. Um, and so the Jordan River and other bodies of water like that, that's what the people, where they would come, and they would hear John preach, and they would respond, and he would baptize them. And in John's gospel, later on from what we just read, verses 19 through 39, and if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me in verses 19 through 39 of John chapter 1, we have more of the story of John the Baptist. And I'd like to read that for you so, so you get a little bit more of a taste for who he was and what he was like. It says, and this was the testimony of John, meaning John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ or the Messiah. And they asked him, Well, well what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he answers, his answer is funny. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. From Isaiah. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, it keeps reading. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. It continues the story. The next day, he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. 
I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. Verse 33, it continues, uh, verse 32, it continues. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him, Jesus. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What are you seeking? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came, and they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. So John tells us more about this John the Baptist character. And so here it is, Christmas 2022. We're getting ready as a church to celebrate the birth of Jesus by reading about the prophet John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was sent by God to help prepare the world for the coming of Jesus. How should they get ready for Jesus to come? How should Israel prepare for Jesus to come? How should the world prepare for Jesus to come? And how should we, West Church, prepare for Jesus to come? And as we look at the ministry of John the Baptist, I want you to notice three ways that we should prepare. We need to understand about Jesus. We need to trust in Jesus. And we need to consecrate ourselves to Jesus. Let's think about that together. In verses 6 and 7 that Haley read for us, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Verse 15, also speaking about John, says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. John the Baptist was sent to bear witness about Jesus. And we read later in the story how the authorities came from Jesus and were questioning John about who he was. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. Then who are you? A voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is the one who is greater than John, who was before him because he is God. He was actually born after him chronologically. John was a kind of prophet. 
he served by traveling around and teaching. And a crowd would gather, and he would start telling the people about how God was getting ready to do something really big. God was going to send his Messiah. God was going to rescue his people Israel. God was going to send his righteous one into the earth. Get ready. Be looking. I'm not the one, he said, but I'm telling you that the one is coming. So be watching. Be looking. It's going to be soon. And later when John saw Jesus and knew who he was, he started sending his followers to follow Jesus. John was a preacher pointing people to Jesus, God's anointed one. And it sounds so simple that it should go without saying, but it's not a given in our world today. If we are going to be ready for Jesus at Christmas, we need to understand who He is and why He came. It was so important that God chose to decorate the house by sending a special prophetic announcer by the name of John. And John's message was powerful and very, very, very effective, and people streamed into the wilderness to listen to John the Baptist, and he taught them to get ready for what God was going to do. And we saw last week that Jesus is so, so much more than a baby in a manger. Jesus is so much more than just a compelling rabbi and teacher. Jesus is the God of heaven in human flesh, humbled. He is the source of the life of all creation, but coming down humbled to bring life to everybody. He is the source of light that brings all light into the eyes of humanity and into the world, into the universe, and yet He is the light who shines God's goodness onto our hearts so that we can find hope in this lost and dying world. He is the light of the God coming into the world who reveals God to us, what God is like, and what God wants from humanity. Jesus is all of that. And if we do not understand who Jesus is, we won't understand what God wants. If we believe that Jesus was just a really good moral teacher who had a bunch of good ideas and some excellent ways that you should do life a little bit better, like an app on your phone to make your life more happy, then Jesus becomes just another self-help guru in the world. And Jesus is not a self-help guru. He's not just a good teacher. He is God in human flesh. And that is why God sent John the Baptist so that people would begin to get ready. But that's not all that John the Baptist helped us with. He tells us not only do we need to understand Jesus, but we need to trust Him. We need to trust Him. Verse 7 says, He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He came so that we might all believe. And when Jesus appears, the followers of John start following Jesus. 
We use the term commonly in the church, believe, to describe coming to Jesus for the first time. Do you believe in Jesus, we say? Well, I didn't before, but I do now. Now I believe, and believing often is used to refer to our initial positive response to Jesus. And everyone, every individual themselves must believe on Jesus in order to have eternal life. But as Christians, as those who know Jesus and believe in Him, believing is not just a one-time thing, but it is something we continue to do as Christians. Now, we trust Jesus with our lives. To trust is not only understand and to believe that it's true, but we live like it's true. If you are trusting Jesus and He says, this is a right thing for you, you try to do what He says is right. If you trust Jesus and He says, this is a wrong thing, don't do this anymore, you stop doing what He says is wrong because you trust Him. Why do you change your behavior? Because you trust Him. He is your God, He is your Savior, and He changes you from the inside out because you trust Him. To trust Jesus also means to follow Jesus. Jesus isn't just one of the many good things we have in our lives. He is the good thing that we have in our lives. And because we trust Him, we follow Him wherever He leads and as we trust Him, we, we begin to reorder our priorities. We begin to reorder our affections and our feelings. We start praying, Jesus, what would you want me to do? And then we live our lives believing that He can hear that prayer and that He speaks to us through His Word and through His Spirit, and we trust Him by following Him. We seek to order our lives by His commands and by His direction. We allow Him to shape, for instance, who we choose as our friends and who we spend time with. We allow Him to direct us what we do with our time, especially on Sunday morning. We invest our lives in being involved in and building the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Our priorities are rearranged by King Jesus, and we believe in Him from the beginning, and now we trust Him more and more and more as the days progress. The call of Christmas long ago and the call of Christmas today is to believe, trust, and follow Jesus. How is your life being shaped by Jesus this Christmas? Any areas you're holding back on? Well, that brings me to my next point. John helps us by teaching we need to understand Jesus, we need to trust Jesus, and we need to consecrate ourselves to Jesus. I always used to think that John kind of invented baptism because it's the first time the word baptism appears in the Bible. And it struck me funny because I was one like, where did this baptism thing come from anyway? Where did it start from? Why did it re resonate with people? Why was he doing that? I never saw that anywhere else in the Bible up until this point. 
And a few years back, I read a novel called Iscariot by Tosca Lee. And it's a fictional account of the life of Judas Iscariot. It's based on what the Bible teaches, but then she just imagines a whole lot of other things too and weaves it into a very nicely written story, enjoyable read. And in her imagination, Judas Iscariot was related to the priestly families in Jerusalem and kind of hoped that maybe Jesus would come into the priesthood and renovate and, and like come in and like uh, reform the, the priestly movement and bring purity and bring integrity back to the worship of Israel. And he, because Judas was disillusioned with what was going on in the priesthood of Israel. This is just all imaginary, but it was interesting. And, and every time that Jesus and Judas would go into Jerusalem, as, as the ministry of Jesus kept taking him up there, Judas would visit with his priestly friends and they said, oh, Judas, are you going to immerse while you're here? Are you going to immerse while you're here? Are you going to immerse while you're here? And it came up several times in the novel. And I said, well, that's interesting. What are they talking about? Why, is he asking, why are his friends asking him if he's going to immerse? Which means, you know, go under the water. So I started doing a little bit more research about that. And you know, the worship in the temple in Israel was filled with washing rituals. We read about the pools that existed in the temple well, they were for washing, for cleansing of the priesthood before they went in to worship God in, the pre in His presence in the temple. And I always wondered why John the Baptist was baptizing people. You never really see the word baptism until, the, until then in the Bible. Where did he come up with that idea, and why was it so important? He didn't come up with the idea. It relates back to the Jewish rituals of cleansing. John baptized people as a symbol of them wanting to purify their lives from sin. John was always telling people to repent, give up your sin, turn away from it, confess it, and then after they did that, John would baptize them. He would cleanse them. He would immerse them. It wasn't something that he invented. He was repurposing the ritual of cleansing in the wilderness. And John's message was, come, surrender your life to God, turn away from all of your wrongs, confess them, forsake them, and publicly confess by being baptized that you want to live as a pure follower of the God of Israel. That was what John proclaimed. Now, Look with me at a couple of verses that follow our text. Verse 26, when John was being questioned, he said, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Hmm. Verse 30, this is he of whom I said, speaking of Jesus, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. And then verse 33, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he 
who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John said, I am a water baptizer, but Messiah, the one coming after me, he's different. He's greater. He's above. He's before. I'm not even qualified to bend down and untie his sandals. And when he comes, well, he's going to baptize all right, but not with water, with the Holy Spirit of God. John baptized with water for cleansing, but Jesus baptizes with the Spirit of God for cleansing. John's baptism was an outside washing. Jesus' baptism is an inside supernatural washing. Here at West Church, when a person first trusts in Jesus and gives their life to Him, we baptize them. And we say that baptism is, baptism is an outward sign of an inward spiritual reality. Baptism is a symbol of the inward reality that Jesus has come into somebody's life by the Holy Spirit. We don't baptize people because we hope they will become a Christian. We baptize a person because they are a Christian. It stands for what has happened, not what we hope will happen. We, you and I, who believe in Jesus, who trust Jesus, who follow Jesus, have the Holy Spirit today. Every person who truly believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit in their lives. If you don't have the Spirit of Jesus, you're not yet a child of God. Jesus isn't just out there somewhere. He is in here. And because we have the Holy Spirit, every single day is a day to reconsecrate ourselves for the glory of God. The Holy Spirit calls out from inside, Be holy as I am holy. Well, what does that mean? Be pure as I am pure. Be good as I am good. Be joyful as I, the Holy Spirit, am joyful. Be at peace as I am the Holy Spirit of peace. Be self-controlled because I, the Spirit, am your master and your lover and your God. Be patient because I, the Spirit of God within you, are very patient. Be loving because I love you.
you want to know how to get ready for Jesus this Christmas, consecrate yourself. If you need to get baptized, get baptized. We'll talk about that. If you've been baptized, invite God the Holy Spirit to search your heart. I'd like to do that right now. If you could bow your heads. I'm going to read a prayer of consecration. I would like you to say those words back to me, and then we'll, we'll just ponder for some moments of silence from Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. I'll say the words, you say them back, then we'll be quiet. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any harmful way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. You can look up. To consecrate ourselves is to dedicate ourselves afresh to God, to invite God to expose our wrong actions, but not just our wrong actions, our wrong attitudes, our wrong motives. Are there areas of your life where you know that God wants to speak with you about that you're resisting? Are there areas of your life that you know fall way short of where God wants you to be? Will you surrender those areas to Him? Will you reach out to a, a, a trusted Christian friend and say, will you pray for me about this? Will you help me with this area in my life? Will you ask a friend and say to them, I'm really struggling being consecrated to God here. Can you ask me how I'm doing with that later? Will you pray with me about that? Will you check in with me? This is how the body of Christ consecrates itself to the glory of its Redeemer. Christmas is a wonderful time in which to reflect on how much closer God wants to be with us. God wants there to be absolutely nothing between you and Him. 
And he's done everything so that there is nothing between you and him except what you hold back. So consecrate yourself. When we see how God prepared the world for the coming of Jesus, John the Baptist tells us that God sent John the Baptist to get things ready. And John's message included these three themes. We need to understand who Jesus is. We need to trust him with our whole being. And we need to consecrate ourselves for his glory and for his honor. In uh, the seats in front of every single one of you, there is one of these little Let's Connect cards. And if you're a first-time guest or a second-time guest or an all-the-time guest, I would really appreciate if you would fill it out. But down at the bottom, it says Sermon Response. And I would like, uh, you know, Rick and I would like to be praying for you this Christmas Where is God preparing? Where do you want God most to prepare your life for Him? Do you want to prepare by knowing Him better or trusting Him better or being more consecrated? Pick one of those words that stands out most to you and write it and drop it in the offering plate so we can pray for you. Um, We want to be praying for one another this week And Christmas is about Jesus coming to be with us. And Jesus really, really, really is with us when we understand and trust and consecrate ourselves to Him. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for the water of baptism through which so many who are here today have stood and said, I believe, I understand, I follow. O Holy Spirit baptizer from above, who is greater than and before, who is the light of the world and the light of life of the world, Baptize us again afresh today as we sing and as we worship with your spirit divine and mold in us the character and the fruit of the spirit's work in our lives and empower us by the gifts of the spirit to minister to one another in the body of Christ. We ask for nothing less this Christmas in Jesus' name, amen.